You're listening to Door to the District from Glasgow City Innovation District. From space and quantum applications to cutting-edge financial and health technology, this series is all about the collaboration, entrepreneurship and world-class research housed here in the city and making an impact around the world. Each episode, we take a peek behind some of the many varied district doors, finding out how people work, innovate and grow. You know, I think the innovation districts, maybe this is where the leadership for the future is going to come from. Maybe this is where the economic strategy for the future is going to come from. How a creative strategy is leading to exciting opportunities. The demand for the services just went through the roof. So for me, that was just such an evident affirmation that we'd made the right decision. And how it can grow talent, business and the city. So it's a strategy that's right for now, post-Brexit, post-Covid. It's about how do we reimagine what our economy looks like as we transform to something that's much more greener and more sustainable for the future. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Katrina Shearer, and you join me as we take another trip to Glasgow City Innovation District for our final show in the series. Going all the way back to our very first episode, where we learned about the mission, objectives and accomplishments at the district, to our previous show on the strategic endeavours to grow and accelerate tech entrepreneurship, we've met educators, leaders and founders who are all part of a growing community. A community of ambitious talent and forward-thinking organisations focused on growing the economy and helping to solve society's biggest challenges. And in our final episode, we'll be meeting a group of artists, leaders and educators who are also fostering entrepreneurship and creativity. Their sector, Glasgow's digital and creative tech economy, is now the largest in Scotland and one of the fastest growing in the UK, with almost 34,000 jobs and a turnover of more than a billion pounds. The city is home to both BBC Scotland and STV, and the district is home to one of Channel 4's creative hubs. You'll also find an extensive network of specialised independent production companies, creating compelling factual, entertainment and scripted content for the Scottish, UK and international markets. At the district, the sector is both diverse and thriving, with a hub of creative companies in South Block, a 50,000 square foot studio complex that offers over 60 studios for visual artists and makers, as well as offices for creative companies and social enterprises working in the cultural sector. If you're at all familiar with the creative sector, and maybe even if you're not, you'll know that branding is an important exercise. Building recognition, trust and effective communication is a cornerstone of trading. And our first guest is an expert in branding as a business owner, a professor and a designer. Janice Kirkpatrick is also a senior enterprise fellow at the University of Strathclyde, working with her peers to develop Scotland's creative economy strategy. And as part of her approach, she feels the creative sector itself could do with a little rebranding. I prefer to talk about the creative economy because my bit of creativity is associated with economic production. I am a business. I make profits. Uh, That's what I am employed by other people to do. I I work for other businesses. I don't work for private clients. 
uh, is to create profit, is to help the businesses improve in every way imaginable. The trouble with the creative industry sector is that, you know, it includes other things like people whose priorities are culture, like fine art, some aspects of music. When actually, you know, much of the sector, things like fashion, screen, film, games, jewellery is huge in the UK. It's a massive, massive sector. Are all design and architecture, they're all very much about profit. Design and architecture are very much levers for every other industry sector. They add value to every other industry sector. So they, they also have a complexity that some of the other components within creative industries do not have. The shame about the sector is that there is no up-to-date data and no strategy. That's within Glasgow, it's also within Scotland, and also within the UK. But actually, when data was available, I think it was 2018, 2019, uh, creative industries was the fastest growing area of economic activity in the UK, worth 111, nearly 112 billion gross value added every year, which is 35 billion more than automotive. I mean, it's really life sciences, aerospace, oil and gas combined. It's growing faster than everything else. It was growing at 7.4% in 2018, as opposed to 1.4% for the rest of the economy. So it's a sleeping giant. But it's unwieldy, and government strategists, economists, don't like to get their hands dirty with it because it is unwieldy. Uh, and the way that education has moved, people aren't taught about creativity, the economic end of creativity. It's not something you find in the school curriculum. People talk about art, which is something entirely different. So it's quite difficult. Uh, it's a shame because the people within the sector are profoundly innovative, it's the stuff that converts ideas and IP into industries. It retains talent and profit in the country. It creates meaningful opportunities for inclusive growth. It's great for networking, partnership, development, creates sustainable jobs that can't be robotized. Turning IP or intellectual property into industry has recently been acknowledged as a huge boon, with the creative sector, or the creative economy as Janice prefers, adding £13 million to the UK economy every hour, according to the government. In fact, the government is unveiling new plans to add a million new jobs and boost the economy by £50 billion across the UK. Scotland's own initiative, the Creative Economy Strategy, is though already underway. And our next guest is a co-designer of the strategy. As Managing Director at Spreng Thompson Consultancy, Leslie Thompson is a veteran of the creative economy. Her company has partnered with Janice's organisation Graven for years and they've turned that long-term trust and business collaboration towards strategic leadership. And Leslie is very keen when it comes to nurturing the creative community. Well, I think it's often misunderstood. So this is really helpful to be able to kind of say out loud what it is. Um, it's really a structured, design-led approach to economic development. So it um, basically identifies and organises real and often unrealised assets across all sectors. So it's not a sector in itself. And what it does is it transforms those into, I guess, tangible assets that have got sustainability built into them. It creates jobs. It's a creative approach to economics. It's not an economic strategy for the creative industries. That creative approach to the economy, as Leslie suggests, is one that's shared by both of our guests. And it can be seen at play in their organisations and in their work. 
and it also played a part in Janice's decision to start a business with student friends and collaborators Ross Hunter and Adele Patrick. We collaborated a lot in projects at the School of Art, which is quite unusual. Adele was in embroidered and woven textiles. I was in graphic design. Ross was an architect. So very different disciplines, although broadly within the, the broad church of design, which covers a, a very wide range of activities. Uh, we decided that rather than go and find jobs, Ross had been offered a job as an architect in LA. I'd been offered a job with BBC in London, uh, that we'd try and start a business in Glasgow. Because at that time, there weren't any design businesses working across sectors, which is what we wanted to do, working across disciplines, uh, which was very much a kind of Italian, continental, European model of doing things. And we felt that the UK should be doing something similar. So we thought we'd give it three years and see what happened. Graven works with global organisations and ambitious startups from just about every sector, from finance to construction, retail and healthcare to non-government, local authority and even sports groups. Founded in 1984, they've been in the Merchant City since its establishment and their multidisciplinary roots mirror those of the Innovation District and their neighbours, Spreng Thompson. Leslie's company is also located in the Merchant City and with the completion of the District's Technology and Innovation Centre, as well as other developments, she has seen the environment flourish. The Merchant City is a great place to be located in Glasgow. Apart from the fact it's a really lovely area with amazing buildings and history, you know, just literally around every corner, it's also a very kind of forward-looking and innovative area. So um, we're a small business. We've been going for 25 years. We've been in the Merchant City for 11 of those years. But it's really transformed the way that we feel about our business and the sort of engagement that we have with others. So... Uh, sometimes it's quite hard as an SME to engage with larger organisations, you know, to find your route in. But just by being neighbours to people like the University of Strathclyde, to Glasgow Life, to Glasgow City Council, to some of the kind of creative um, architecture practices in South Block, you know, this is a really buzzy, busy area. And so we work with lots of those organisations and it means that we can pop in to see each other. We meet each other in the street Sometimes we bump into each other at lunchtime. So that informality means it feels a bit like being on a campus, you know, um, where you can actually just bump into people, sit down, grab a cup of coffee, cup of tea. That's when real innovation and creativity happens. It's in those little bits of space between formality. So it's really great. And we really value all those kind of informal bits of support, but also the formal opportunities to really engage on projects with people. As we found out earlier, Janice's company, Graven, and Leslie's firm are not just neighbours in the district, they're also collaborators. Together, they created the highly successful Build My Brand process that's helped over 700 firms, large and small, to develop their brands. And they're taking their experiences of running successful businesses and working with thousands of organisations to accelerate the creative economy in Scotland. Well, designers are all, by their education, predisposed to be entrepreneurial, and that is proven through research. Uh, it's, in our, it's in our DNA, it's what we were trained to be and do. So for me, it's very much about, because it's Strathclyde, the role is within Strathclyde, it's very much dealing with people in much more empirical disciplines than my own, science and technology. 
And design was originally created in the first industrial revolution to commodify science and technology, turn it into products, services, industries that employed people. So I see my, my role as really going back to the future to see if I can create opportunities to commodify science and technology flowing from Strathclyde. So I think having those habits and that culture of collaboration is very good. Uh, you always get much more by sharing. The more you share, the more you get. And I think also that that's very true with you know within within disciplines, but also between disciplines and between sectors, because the new world, new opportunities, new businesses and industries will be created in the grey overlaps between traditional sectors. Janice says her approach is built upon being unconventional and breaking out of silos with the goal of adding value. And she's looking to build on the economy-leading growth seen within the creative community. It's estimated to support around £9 billion of activity within the wider Scottish economy and contribute around £5.5 billion to Scottish GDP. The approach of the creative economy strategy is to support organisations and employees who've already made that sizeable contribution and to create new opportunities. And it really builds on, I guess, Scotland's global track record as a place that really values innovation, creativity and entrepreneurship. The creative economy strategy is designed to enable Scotland's designers and innovators, engineers, architects, technologists to play a greater role in shaping our future economy. So it's a strategy that's ripe for now, post-Brexit, post-Covid. It's about how do we reimagine what our economy looks like as we transform to something that's much more greener and more sustainable for the future. Uh, It makes collaboration happen. It makes it happen in a positive way. So using um, processes like design thinking, the creative economy strategy can bring people together to collaborate, to resolve problems and to come up with new ways of imagining what that might look like in future. Imagining what can be done in the future when it comes to creating sustainable and positive economic benefits has seen Janice and Leslie turn their attention to Pollock Park for one project in particular. The park's historic stables and sawmill have been earmarked for restoration to develop a net-zero living heritage centre based around the famous resident Clydesdale horses. With the grounds being the largest park and only country park in Glasgow, and also within reach of the city centre, Leslie says it has huge potential. It's one of the biggest in Europe. It's a huge asset. So how do you make even more of that asset? So the creative economy strategy has enabled us to bring together a whole range of people with different interests, different talents, different capabilities to reimagine the stables as the world centre for the Clydesdale horse. So it's actually taking an asset that is old and undervalued um, an asset that's under threat, you know, um, the Clydesdale horse is, is under threat uh, as a breed. And bringing together uh, scientists, technologists, historians, our aim is now to rebuild the stables, not just to bring the horses back into the park, but to reimagine the role that they can play in saving that breed, in engaging people with animals, uh, giving them more reasons to come to Pollock Park bringing people who um, specialise in rare breed survival, bringing together people to create a working farm so that children in the area get used to working with animals. You're creating a talent pipeline for the future. Perhaps we can have the Clydesdale horses bringing people to the stables rather than getting on buses or trains. 
So you start to imagine what that looks like. The creative economy strategy brings together people who are uh, very specifically interested in the kind of engineering and science aspects of that, but also people who are interested in the visitor economy side of things and the skills development side of things. So creative economy makes that something that takes an asset that was down in luck, and we've already attracted about four to fifteen million pounds worth of investment into that project. You know, if you look to France, they're already using sort of draft horses to collect refuse. So instead of having vans and things going around a city, you have horse-drawn vehicles. They take the kids to school. They pick up the rubbish later in the day. Changes the whole environment. Changes how people feel about themselves. Greater sense of well-being, and also makes the place even more attractive for others to come and visit. Using the creative economic strategy to find and develop new opportunities will require partnerships, both existing and new. And there's plenty of scope in the district to create them. In fact, Janice found that she doesn't have to venture far to break new ground and to put the strategy into practice. I mean, for instance, recently in Glasgow, Professor Jim MacDonald and Adrian Gillespie at Scottish Enterprise and I went to visit WASPs, which is an artist's studio organisation, it's a charitable organisation uh, and it has studio spaces in the centre of Glasgow, just a couple of blocks really near University of Strathclyde and who knew? There are 600 artists working there, all of whom are economically active and almost 100 creative businesses, many of which are working internationally. It's a sector that's very connected internationally and has a big reputation internationally. The growing and sometimes unseen creative community in the city was described by the European Commission as the leading creative capital in the UK, ahead of London, Bristol, Brighton and Manchester for openness and trust in 2019. And one recent addition to that community is Impact Arts, whose CEO Fiona Dorling is our next guest. Operating as a charity across central Scotland, their aim is to tackle inequality. We deliver projects that address the root causes of poverty um, with people in communities in about 12 local authority areas across Scotland where people face the, the biggest challenges and the biggest barriers to positive progressions in their lives. So our projects cover such areas as employability, education, uh, supporting mental health and well-being, the root causes of homelessness and tenancy sustainment. Most common to all of those areas is the fact that we employ artists and creatives from across a range of art forms to deliver on that impact. And so that could be musicians, performers, visual artists, comics, DJs, a whole wide range of people that, that design those projects that, that support these wider issues in society. So, for example, in Glasgow, we're currently delivering art therapy across primary schools in Glasgow um, with young children who are experiencing poor mental health and well-being. We're delivering a whole range of youth-led projects that support young people to gain accreditation and move on to employability or to re-engage with education and school as well. The work is really wide-ranging. Um, it's really varied, but it has the arts, it has creativity at the heart of everything that we deliver. Not only are Impact Arts celebrating their move to the district, they're also set to commemorate their 30th anniversary. And while making that move obviously included a lot of hard work, their relocation has offered some future-proofing. Impact Arts have been based in Deniston for a large number of years, about 15 years, and we had a, a large property there and it was definitely in need of an upgrade and some renovation and most of our provision was on the first floor it wasn't accessible it was a challenging building and so we really recognized that and we're looking at potential to develop that into an arts hub at the same time 
came aware that Scottish Youth Theatre have been based in uh, Merchant City for a long time. We're also uh, looking to relocate out of the building that they've been in uh, with a move for them in terms of being Scotland-wide, delivering in a remote capacity. So it felt like there was a synergy. So, you know, from first viewing of this space, which has now become the boardwalk, I mean, it is just a fantastic space. It's a custom-designed, custom-built arts venue in the heart of the city centre. It's fully accessible. The spaces within the building are absolutely fantastic. And it really fitted so well with with our ambition. And and I think what it does, it, it gives us that profile as well in terms of, you know, we're visible. Joining the city's creative cohort and, of course, the vibrant and diverse community at the district, Impact Arts have found a host of benefits and opportunities. However, there was one immediate benefit that surpassed any considerations Fiona had before the move. We're delivering one of our youth employability projects called Creative Pathways. And we were filling 15 places for this project and speaking to a range of referral organisations that we work with. So from Skills Development Scotland to education providers, other third sector providers. And I think when a lot of them caught wind of where our new location was, instead of just referring one person, they were suddenly like, oh, okay, you know, I've got loads of young people I can refer to you. And instead of having 15 young people, we suddenly had 45 young people and a slight problem on our hands that we had to triple our delivery and mastermind a way to make that happen. The demand for the services just went through the roof. So for me, that was just such an evident affirmation that we'd made the right decision that we were actually able to fulfil our charitable purpose um, much more effectively by being here in this location. and So it's been working really, really fantastically. Janice also understands the benefits of being in a place of innovation like the district, especially when that place is recognised for its openness and trust. And she believes that openness and trust are essential when it comes to successful and transformative collaboration. Well, I think the, the innovation district helps a lot because that throws a ring around a whole bunch of assets. I think the challenge is what we do with those. How do we bring these assets together? How do we open our doors? And that's the doors of the small, medium-sized enterprises, as well as the university. The third sector also around as well, who can be extremely useful in helping support conversations, integration, collaboration. Essentially, it's... The most important thing is bringing people together. If you bring people together, stuff happens. It's actually that simple. So I think that for me, the most important thing is acknowledging all of the stuff we've got to play with that sits within the innovation district and open the doors. Opening the doors of their brand new home, Impact Arts are now within arm's reach of those assets that Janice mentioned. They've also provided the district with another asset, additional venue space for meetings and events or performances. The aptly named Boardwalk is located by a walkway that goes between Brunswick Street and Hutchison Street, just a short stroll from George Square in the city centre. And it's also an inclusive space that many in the city were unaware of. And so many people that come into the building say, you know, they either walked past it endlessly, walked over that walkway endlessly and sort of didn't realise the extent of what existed in this hidden space underneath. The vision is really this social enterprise that we are running that's it's a venue hire business. Um, so we have this suite of seven different studios including two theatres. We're, we're really developing that so we have a range of different corporates, third sector organisations, 
arts, dance performers renting space from us, but they're choosing to rent their venue hires from us because they know that every time they do, they're giving back and they're supporting more young people to or older people to engage with impact arts, creative arts projects. And so by being based here, you know, we're now engaging with all of these different customers, essentially, in the Merchant City who are coming to host their events here in the Merchant City in our venue. And, you know, I think Transport Links is definitely absolutely key. The surrounding partners, the cafes, the restaurants in terms of post events, our customers are always asking us, you know, where do we go for lunch after? Where do we get dinner? And, you know, we're always recommending our local partners. As long-term founding residents of the Merchant City, Janice and her colleagues also feel very at home in the city. Both for the historical value and the future-facing resources found within the district. A combination that complements both her work and ambitions. I've been in the Merchant City now, or involved with the Merchant City, since it was created as the Merchant City. It was Ross, my husband, uh, who I set the business up with. Just while we were setting up the business, he was working with an architectural practice called Elder and Cannon, who were one of the practices that actually helped build the Merchant City. And it's been a project that's been ongoing since that time. So that goes right back to the mid-80s. I mean, design was invented as a, as a modern profession in Glasgow, on the high street in the 1750s. And it's been deeply innovative. It helped, you know, fuel the first industrial revolution, the second industrial revolution that's still there in the third and the fourth. Uh, So it's a very old innovation district. I mean, 270 odd years. So for me, as a design business, coming back to the place where design was created and where the Glasgow School of Art originally was situated is actually a bit like coming home. It's a natural place to be. And there's lots of businesses round about. I love the fact that the university is rubbing up to, you know, little businesses in the centre of town with other kind of creative people round about and engineering and other things, you know, screen and games and whatever else, music. Uh, It's a really good place to be because places of learning like universities need to be near the real world. The best place to create a new business, and we're talking innovation, entrepreneurship, is next to other businesses because you need people who understand business. And it's really important that academia is is next to business because that's where business happens. Creating a great environment for business, as we've seen throughout this series, is part of the mission at the district. The mission also places a huge emphasis on partnership. And it's those efforts in particular that Janice feels deserve credit, praising the approach of the principal at the University of Strathclyde. I think partnerships very much about trust and mutual benefit. I think Professor Jim MacDonald has been excellent about going out and about, seeing people. He walks around the campus, he walks around the city, he knows people by their first names. You know, that counts for an awful lot. That counts for an awful lot. It's a very rare thing, even in business, you know. You don't meet many chief executives who are out and about in larger corporations, especially in today's world when so much is remote, people working from home. One of the big challenges, I think, for the for the innovation district is getting people on the ground. You know, they need to be there, you know, not on a screen. They actually need to be present in the city centre. And that's kind of a challenge for the council as well, because, you know, the, the changes that are happening with how we can, you know, move about the city centre... There's a balance, I think, to be struck. It has to be permeable. People have to be able to afford to come into the city centre. They have to be able to live in the city centre. 
Uh, I think these are real challenges for the city and perhaps the innovation district can help provide some of those solutions, suggestions as to how to make this work. Leslie's also a champion of the district and the efforts to stimulate partnerships, something she sees as vital when it comes to tackling challenges, doing business, developing the economy and safeguarding communities, both local and global. Oh, I mean, it's, it's utterly core. You know, nobody has all the answers, particularly now. You know, it's absolutely essential if we think that all the technologists have the answers or we think, you know, all the designers have the answers, all the architects, we, we will just fail. We really need to use all those skills, all those assets, all those networks, bringing them together. I think it's easy for people to talk about collaboration. It's much harder to deliver meaningful collaboration. So I think we all think we're collaborating, but quite often somebody's kind of in charge and they think they're still in charge, you know. So it's how do you actually say that's just not how we're going to do things. And I think the only way to do that is to go give us something to work on and let us go away and see how we get on. And if we can come back with something, a solution that might be different from what you were expecting, but perhaps is more sustainable uh, and has kind of more um, opportunities for people to engage, to develop skills, to look after their well-being, to create meaningful employment, to employ themselves. Whether a long-term resident or a new arrival, having a creative community based within the district can also offer benefits to the wider community. Impact Arts Boardwalk venue is not just dedicated to the arts. It's a space that also focuses on well-being and inclusivity. And Fiona believes that can have a positive impact for everyone. I've consulted with a number of organisations and they're saying actually, you know, they come in here and they feel almost when they go away again that they're a little bit a little bit more creative as they walk out the door, you know, having been surrounded by all of this artwork, by taking part in their, their discussions in art studios. And I think it, it, the conversations they then have as a team are, are a little different. Um, you know, it's not their traditional space. It takes them maybe slightly out with their comfort zone, but in a positive, supportive way. You know, and we're trying to build here a, a trauma responsive environment in light of the fact that the young people that we support, you know, are often experiencing poor mental health or previous trauma. And so we're really prioritising how we make the space feel welcoming to all. So, yeah, so I suppose there's some very interesting threads of conversations taking place with organisations that Impact Hearts wouldn't have traditionally worked with. And I would say, you know, this this building and this space and this venue affords that possibility. Um, similarly, in terms of partnerships with different hospitality um, organisations on the doorstep and different restaurants who are speaking to us about, you know, how we can work together. But I think these conversations wouldn't really have been on the table had we been somewhere else. Leslie's also making space for conversations and new opportunities. Meeting and partnering with leaders across sectors, she feels the creative economy can help foster adaptable talent and problem solvers to help organisations achieve their goals. Well, I think it's really interesting because every time you hear from business, they express concern that the young people that they're bringing into their organisations don't have all the skills that they're looking for. Uh, and they're looking for people who can come into their organisations who uh, can problem solve, who are creative thinkers, who can identify new ways for their organisations to develop and grow. 
And that is not necessarily an instinctive thing. It's something that people have to learn. You know, quite rightly, there's been a focus on STEM. But I think sometimes that has been at the expense of young people having the opportunity to really develop their creativity, their problem-solving skills, their ability to collaborate. So I think the creative economy encourages and enables people to be more engaged in those kind of um, areas of life. Uh, Teaching people how to draw is an amazing thing, you know. Having the ability to sketch out how you see a problem, be the person that can put that down on a bit of paper in front of a group, that's a very powerful place to be. So there are ways that the creative economy can really kind of um, give people permission to reconnect with all those things. You know, children don't think, I can't draw. Every child picks up a pen at some point and, and draws and scribbles. And then somehow, at some point, they get told they're not very good at it, you know. And so instead of actually going, well, actually, you can get better at it the way we would do with maths or, you know, other um, areas of life, we all just learn to say, oh, I'm not very good at that. So we want to encourage people to say, stop that, pick up the pencil, start writing your ideas down, be the person that tries to problem solve that, because that's a very powerful place to be. That helps people collaborate and it helps people use different language to unravel problems. We've met many leaders and thinkers on Door to the District, all of them finding new approaches, using innovation and collaboration to unravel problems. Like employing technology to provide preventative treatments and improve healthcare outcomes, or to roll out advanced, low-power communications to rural communities and remote business sites. Developing small and large-scale projects to reduce carbon emissions and to mitigate for a changing climate and creating and accelerating sustainable and successful business growth. A range of problems with opportunities to develop innovative and collaborative solutions. And with assistance from the proactive partnerships at the district and the creative economy strategy, Janice is excited by the prospect that much can be achieved. I think that there, you know, that there's a defining characteristic of our age, it's change. Uh, And in order to make the most of change, you have to take risks. And the definition of risk is dangerous opportunity. There are always downsides to opportunities. Uh, And I think it, it would be good to have a culture within the innovation district that really understood that and what risk really means and the downsides of risks and develop a culture that's supportive and that encourages people to take risks which are you know carefully considered risks you know i think the innovation districts maybe this is where the leadership for the future is going to come from maybe this is where the economic strategy for the future is going to come from i think the future is about doing it for ourselves our innovation district can be a place where we discuss things and we do things for ourselves and we take a lead that's what i would like to see that that excites me the thought of having some kind of autonomy to do what's right for glasgow for this bit of scotland for the uk that really excites me that's it for this episode and for this series of door to the district we hope you've enjoyed hearing from the residents at the innovation district and if you want to discover more or find your own door to the district head to glasgowcityinnovationdistrict.com Thank you to our guests Professor Janice Kirkpatrick Fiona Dorling and Leslie Thompson And thank you for listening <laughs>